Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon and welcome to the Everton Royal Blue podcast. Uh, we're joined with, by a very special guest today, Andrew Lancel, actor, producer, director, writer, and more importantly than all that, Evertonian. Um, it's me, Greg O'Keefe, and we're with Dave Prentice. And before we've started recording, the two were discussing uh, how they met. Huh. And you, you probably wouldn't imagine. We the... were arguing how we met. No, no, <laughs> I, mean, I remember it clearly because uh, Everton had played a pre-season friendly up at Aberdeen. And uh, right, Neville right. Southall, yeah. being Neville Southall, had told Joe Royal he didn't want to go back on the team flight the following day and spend one night more than was necessary in Aberdeen. I'm going to drive back. So Joe said, well, you can't drive back. So they actually set a car up for him. And uh, big Volvo, so myself, Jamie Spear, then the reserve keeper, and Neville all jumped in this Volvo with a driver who looked like something out of the KGB <laughs> with these like, black wrapped brown uh, sunglasses to drive back to Merseyside straight after the game. So we got... I don't know, we got 100 or so miles south and Neville was on the phone. He goes, oh, just got a call into Glasgow. Going to have a dinner with me mate on the way back. I said, right, okay, who's this? Andrew Lancel, who was then a very minor star. Unlike the, <laughs> unlike the huge star he is now. It was my birthday uh, as well. It was, yeah. It was my birthday. So we'd, uh, I remember pulling up down the streets in Glasgow, near the waterfront, wasn't it, near the Clyde? Yeah. Really yeah. lovely, plush place. And uh, Neville, window down, and I uh, saw this uh, <laughs> Scottish guy walking up. In drink. And, uh, about this. He, he was in drink, yes. And um, he said, excuse me, I'm trying to find such and such an address. And the guy leans into the car. You're that goalkeeper, aren't you? And the, yeah, 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 but where's this address? And he wouldn't let him go. Anyway, eventually he directed us to Andy's address and we found the place. He had a big Chinese laid up for us. Yeah. We had a, we had Very a good nice. place to eat. So that, I reckon that was 95 or something. 95. Yeah, it might have been 95, actually. Yeah, we were FA Cup And uh, who else was there? Oh, God. Uh, just amazing. I can't remember his name. David Unsworth. I once he was there, yeah, was he? Yeah, I met Rhino. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, you know, he's st- and still a good friend. Still, you know, um, people. Yeah. I mean, I, I never take it for granted because, you know, I've been on Everton's forty. This is my 39th, 40th season, which is scary, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. What was and your like, first game? Uh, well, this this I get a load of shit for. Oh, sorry, keep going. Uh, sorry I get in trouble for this yeah. because I can't define whether it was uh, Bristol City or Bristol Rovers. You'd be quite young now, wouldn't you? At yeah. Time? Well, I was I was five or six years yeah. old. And, um, you know, my dad, you know, it's no secret, my dad, you, you know, I've, I've kind of gone full circle around the ground with my season yeah. tickets over the years, of which I've for many, many years. And, and uh, I was about six or seven years old and we were in, my dad was into the old, all the old corporate stuff then. And that was the, what used to be the 300 Club and the 500 Club. Yeah. And then um, that all went tits up and I very quickly was in the Gladys Street for a while. <laughs> when I was in the, old the only place I've not had a season ticket is the park end. I've only ever watched one game in the park end. And then now I'm sort of back, back around where I was. But um, it is still bizarre for me, I, I, you know, when I get, because of my job and because of association with the club and doing charity stuff for the yeah. club and voiceovers and radio over the years, getting to know people who were and are heroes, yeah. you know, just bizarre. I mean, even then, like Neville, I met, I, was, I played at his testimonial and his next door neighbour, like, cardiac arrest. Yeah. And so that's how I got to know Neville and then we ended up doing this radio show together. And, 
and, you know, and, uh, and over the years I've got to got to know friend, you know, like Bob Latchford. Bob Latchford was my first ever poster hero, absolute yeah. god. Well, there's your you mate. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, he he rings me up, and we do yeah. things together. We've done gigs together and stuff, and I I still find it absolutely bizarre. I find it well, yeah, bizarre. funny story. So, about so, like, so me yeah. being whatever, 25, 26, yeah. you know, and Neville Southall and David Unsworth roll up. Yeah. In my flat in Glasgow, <laughs> you know, on my birthday, because I was up there to see yeah. um, Oasis were playing. Yeah. That's why I was in Glasgow at the time. We did a show called Cardiac Arrest there. And then uh, Jamie, the goalie, yeah. turns up at my wife's dance school. She's got two kids. Yeah. He's got two kids at the dance. He's got two kids. One of them goes to my wife's dance school. This is like, you know, 20, well, we're on 20 years yeah, old. Yeah. We all go to Disneyland together. It's weird. It's oh, weird. Bizarre. Now, Bob Latchford, you're talking about there, because he was my childhood hero. And um, he was not up, quite childhood. He was. Teen, very much. <laughs> so, late teens. Hero, it was, uh, no, early teens. <laughs> it was um, oh, only about uh, five or six months ago. He was up to promote his book. Uh-huh. Uh, James Corbett had him in one of the, uh, the tapas bar in the middle of town and uh, invited me along. So I went along. And the, and the as ever, great company. Epstein, yeah. Great company. That's right. It was a couple of days later, yeah. Uh, Peter Latchford, his brother, was there, the old goalkeeper. And we had a few drinks, you know, getting on like a house on fire. I met him a few times, Bob. Uh, I wouldn't say like a friend, but, you know, so, you know somebody that you know, I can let on to and chat to. And at the end of the lunch, he gets up, and he's a guy to get back to work. And so I went to shake hands, and he went to give me a hug. And I was going to hug him, so, whoa, this is Bob Latchford. And I couldn't, I couldn't man-hug Bob Latchford, because <laughs> no, no. it was Bob Latchford. And it was, it was, it was uh, for me, that, was that night, that book, which was terrific, um, uh, there was a thing at the Epstein, and... Um, I was invited, and Bill, uh, Bill Kenwright was invited, and uh, I, I was asked to read some messages out for Bob. You know, yeah. and I got a message from Mike Lyons, uh, Bill Kenwright, and uh, Andy Byrne. You know, and I was there reading these messages out. And even though I've known Bob and we spent a lot of time with each other, plus him as a friend now, it was just the most surreal thing. It's still the still a surreal thing for me. And yeah. you know, I, I, you know, people. The, the biggest gap I've had of not going to a game was this year, from the end of last season, Norwich, Munsey's game. Yeah. And uh, and I was at West Ham the other week, and that's the longest period of a home game for a long, long time. You know, so because it's, you've it's, been touring. I've been on yeah. tour. I've been yeah. away. You know, and um, plays are usually done on Saturdays yeah. uh, as a rule. And so yeah. I always try and have it in my contract. Like if we get to Wembley, then. <laughs> I did for the yeah. last one. If we got to Wembley, you've been doing the sound of music. I've you? been doing the sound of music for six months. Just before that, I was playing um, Brian Clough. In uh, the Dam United. I uh, wanted to ask you about that. It's yeah. based on David Peace's book, isn't it? It was very much the book. It was very, very much the book. And uh, the, the film, brilliant as it is, was I, I had no desire of doing it. Yeah. I got sent the script. I was in London. I'd just done this show with Marcella, this thing for ITV. And uh, I played Brian Epstein yeah. here in Liverpool and in London. And I wasn't looking at really, you know, doing another bio particularly yeah. after M- Michael Sheen had done it so brilliantly and, and I read the book I got sent the script and I wouldn't read it because I thought I'm in trouble if I like it and uh, uh, it was Boris Johnson's fault because the tube was <laughs> fault late in, it, I was late I, I, I was on the tube in London and I thought oh, I've got the script with me and I read it and I missed my stop because I couldn't put it down just absorbed in it and I couldn't yeah. decide whether to do it or not we had a lot of meetings about it and talked about it and it was Unzi actually it was Unsworth said, um, I said do you want me to play Brian Clough in the damn United, and he goes, oh, you got to do that, lad. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't know, it's going to be hard work. He goes, well, if you don't do it, somebody else will. I was like, oh, shit, that's a good True point. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want anyone else to do it, so that's why I did it. And literally, I went from that, and my head was just mashed after playing him. I can imagine. It was very intense, very physical. Brilliant. I was really proud of it. Did you see from it? What I, no, one time it was, I was trying to get to and I couldn't. But I read the reviews of each night, and uh, without wanting to expand yeah. his head any further, they were uh, very, very favourable. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And uh, what's a role as well? Yeah, but, but also it's football as well because yeah. you know I'm a big Beatles fan, and I got to play 
Brian Epstein, yeah. and, and from from that I've met and got really friendly with you know a lot of um, Beatle people, yeah. and uh, that that was a big honour and all that. And then as you know, obviously I'm a big football fan, and so to, an excuse to go, mm-hmm. you know, I mean for the first time match tickets were tax deductible. Research, it's research, <laughs> <laughs> it's research. So um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. But after that, I was knackered. I mean, I was I was I was ready to do something light, and I wanted to do something light that my little boy could come and watch. And so I went off and did a musical, and uh, missed a lot of games. Captain Von Trapp. Captain Von Trapp. In the sound of music, yeah. So, but I'm I'm done. How's your I'm singing done. voice? Uh, well, if you'd have been reading them reviews, you'd have seen that. Uh, <laughs> I only read the football ones. Yeah. Is it is it Gladys? Well, not Gladys for you anymore. Is it? But it's Goodison ready. You're able to get back and uh, uh, well, game. The, I finished the show in. Where did we finish the show? In Wimbledon, in London, yeah. on the Saturday night, and uh, got to bed quite late, shall we say? Yeah. And got on the uh, eight o'clock train at Euston. I was. I just got to the ground. It was a one thirty kickoff. And so I was back then. Isaac couldn't come, unfortunately, was dancing. But uh, it was good to be back. Oh, I really missed it. I mean, I go to the under twenty, under twenty threes, or under twenty ones, yeah. whatever they call it now, uh, quite often as well. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't been to an Everton game since. Um, uh, I'm not even sure I got to any pre-seasons. Did I get to any pre-seasons? I went to a few ones these pre-seasons. I went to United. I went to United. Oh, went traffic. Easily forgettable. Was there myself that night? Too, it was. Uh, it was yeah. a big. Um, well, yeah. Isaac was one of the mascots. Yeah. So it's a hugely rememberable night. The game yeah. was shit, but the, yeah. the, the night was a very. It was my birthday. Yeah. It was my birthday. Everything happens on my birthday. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. It was really, 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 really good to be back, and it was good to be back for a win. You know, after five, it was. Uh, and you wisely swerved Stamford Bridge. Uh, I did. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't have gone down anyway because. Um, I had tickets for the wrestling. This isn't really a very interesting podcast, is it really? <laughs> What's Andrew doing this week? Let's talk about the match. It's like the Alan Bennett diary, he's just uh, talking to you. I know, yeah. But it's, well, my, my week usually involves reading what you lot are writing about at the club and just. And then. And that's why I love all the fact that you get all the footage. I was going to say, you're an aficionado, I suppose, of the digital revolution. You can read all the Echo stuff online now, you know, on the websites, you know, from wherever you are. Yeah, well, Everton, I mean, Everton, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, they're a big part of my life, yeah. a huge part of my life. And, you know, I mean, wherever I go, I've, I've had the same sign on my dressing room. It's, you know, it says I've got an Everton sign on my dressing room. It's, it's that they're important to me. And you know, when you've been going to the game for, as you say, when you get to our age, it's a bit scary. When you start yeah. saying thirty years, it's forty years now. Mm-hmm. I've been going to the, to the match. There was a, there was a period in the sort of late nineties when I couldn't afford to go, and I was off trying to get into acting more. And I was in London yeah. and stuff. So there was a, there wasn't much to miss anyway. Then yeah. to be honest with you, <laughs> no. but um, yeah, and it's great. And I, I never take it for granted. I love it. I cherish it, and I love taking my son to the match. And you're a patron of Everton in the community. And I the was Everton one of the original patrons. Yeah. I don't think I am now, but I mean, it's, I think it's all changed. I was yeah. there was only a couple of us at the time, and so um, and you know we did this thing Radio Everton back in the day, and yeah. you know, we, and I, I guess I tried to do stuff for the club when 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 uh, a lot of the charity stuff and hosting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's always there's always dudes that I've done stuff with you, and you know, um, the Everton collection as well, the uh, evolution. Yep. You know, I was very proud to be involved in that, and I still think you know that the Everton collection is absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's really. staggering. Isn't it's it? just yeah. it is the history of uh, the history of football through one club, yeah. and you know I don't make any qualms about it. It should be out there all the time. Yeah. It's not at the minute, and mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity. And you know, obviously, if there's if the new ground happens, surely that 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 needs to find a permanent home. Really but I tell you what, I found the other day, I found my junior Evertonian. Um, do you remember that old you? Yeah, yeah. I'm 36, so I had a junior Evertonian. So I used to live in Tartan. Yeah. In uh, in Lancashire, and we used to get the seven six one bus. Uh, we had to set off about ten o'clock. It used to take ages. I mean, literally, you'd be going about eleven o'clock, and it went the seven six one bus, and you stand at the bus stop, and there'd be four or five of us in scarves, and get on. And Trevor Stephen and Gary Lineker both lived in Tarleton, 
oh. at the time, and they would drive past us. Oh. You know, years later, when Trevor's become a mate, I'm yeah. like, you know, he used to drive past me. If that would have been Neville, Neville would have actually picked you up and taken you. That's the it probably, it probably would have been, yeah. yeah. And we used to get, and anyway, and this thing called, I mean, this was before Twitter and internet, and so you used to just get bulletins and, yeah. you know, there was the programmes. How would you find out about stuff? And it used to be the Junior Evertonian. I reckon that was about 1983. I reckon it's about 83, or maybe it was 84. It's before we won the Cup. Yeah. And um, you had to go and get it with a take, you know, go to Boots, get a, get your post, passport, passport photograph. Yeah. And then I went in on my own um, to the ground, and it was weird going to the ground on a match day. It's quite normal for me now, but on, at the time it was just weird. I remember on on um, Goodison Road there was that little hatch yeah. we used to get tickets from, and that's where you had to go. And I was there dead early. It was quite an adventure. I went. Quite an intense experience, wasn't really, that? Well, anyway, <coughs> yeah, that yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, I, I it's think, funny you always remember those games more clearly than you do with like games three or four years ago. Definitely, because, you know, your formative memories are absolutely well, it's you know, like, yeah, burned it's into like your scripts. mind. I can't yeah. remember what I said last week, yeah. but I can remember shows I did you know, yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah. And I went there, and there was no one else there, and um, no one else queuing at all. And yet, it was a little pink. I've still got it. Yeah, it was a little pink card, Junior Evertonian, and you got in the Glad Street for I think it was fifty p. Then you know. Now, you know. Even though I think we are really good with kids' prices anyway, but um, and he did all the stamping thing and all that, and there it was, and there was no one else there, no one else there at all, and I had to walk all the way back up to, um, you know, it's miles away as it was stop. You know, so, <laughs> so um, and it was number six, zero 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 six, and I was like. I was there, I was first here. There's no one else. I was absolutely good. I've still got it. I was gutted because <laughs> Who beat you? I, well, it probably would have been staff kids yeah, and just stuff. Just one like that. more. Five minutes later, you'd have been 007. Oh, I thought that. Oh, you <laughs> made it even worse. worse. <laughs> anyway, I've still got it. I've yeah. still got it. And so I, I reckon I was about six when I first went. Isaac was younger. Anyway. His first game was that. Which when, when I get asked, most memorable games, that all the obvious ones, you know, the Wembley finals, the semi-finals at Goodison. Uh, the Wimbledon game, all that stuff. I, I always go back to Isaac's first game. Is, is there much banter in the acting profession amongst you know actors, football-wise? I mean, or are you alone? You know, Everton voice uh, the other guys. That, you know, I was telling you about Isaac's first game. Fucking talking about acting. <laughs> Isaac's first game was he was he was three. Yeah. All right, it's quite young to go. So I never he, remember. No, well, he will because it's yeah. the Betford goal. Right. No, it's the Betford goal. Last game of the season. Last game of the season. Chelsea. Yeah. What a goal that was! Well, yeah. Completely yeah. out of the blue. Yeah. Completely fluke. Don't think he'd ever do. It. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd ever do it again. But I, I, what I, a I, was, I was surprised he went though. I mean, I don't know. Talk. He didn't get on with Moyes or whether. He, I don't know. I think that was a suggestion. Was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah because he's still playing now. Isn't he's still, he? played, still yeah. scoring. He was at Preston for a He clearly had something. He was very quick, and he could finish. Yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of you know. Uh, football uh, actors who like football, mm-hmm. you know, not so much in theatre. Yeah, I'm um, not so much in theatre. I was struggling. I've got a football that's been with me for years, and it goes in every dressing room I've been. And you know, with this show, there was a lot of kids in it. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but in the, there was a Crystal Palace fan. And that was it, because nice. it's musical theatre, slightly different kind of uh, what's yeah. the name uh, people. Which, what so show De- whatever, it is. It's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. But in the Bill and Corrie, yeah, a lot of football fans and stuff. Yeah. Because Bill's always quite you know, keen to try and convert everybody he comes across, isn't he? I mean, he claims Dame Judi Dench is now an Evertonian as a result of his... Apparently you know, so. She was briefly a patron. Another, yeah. Yeah. another <laughs> former so. patron, yeah. 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 And you've you know, struck up a friendship with Bill Kenwright, haven't yeah. you, over the years? And, uh, Very good one, yeah. Yeah, and um, obviously we were just talking earlier about how he's achieved what he wanted to. Now he's set out to bring someone in who's able to 
materially take the club forward on a financial level in the new era. And he's done that with Farhad Mashiri, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think he's... Uh, I, I'm not going to spend all day talking about Bill because he's my friend and, 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 and very occasional and happy boss as well, but I think the history books will uh, will look back at his time uh, much more favourably than modern times do, I think. You know, I think he's done wonders for the club and he's led the club, he's brought people in, he's he, he's uh, plugged holes that were there that were really could have sunk us. And so uh, I think uh, I'm really, I'm very proud to know him, and he, I know him very well. As a, a, he's an in, incomparable, kind, caring person, and he loves the club more than anybody I've ever known. Have you met Farhad yet? Uh, briefly, yeah, in passing, said hello. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I know him <laughs> at all. You know, I read the interview. I was quite surprised about to read the interview. To be honest, I didn't know he'd done it. No, he seems to be quite wasn't a private you, though, guy, doesn't he? No, it wasn't I mean, it's, well, it's strange. He seems to have struck up this friendship with Jim White that we don't know quite how that you know came about. But uh, the last two or three are the only public pronouncements he's made have come via Jim White on Talksport, which you know I suppose he will say that you can't possibly be misquoted because it's going out direct. I think it's an exciting but, time. I mean, yeah. I'm all, I mean, uh, listen, you know me. Every season we're going to finish top four. Every season we're going to win the <laughs> FA Cup. Every season, you know. Gutted about the League Cup. I just hate the fact that we seem to take our eye off the ball. Yeah, still the world. I don't care what it is. Yeah. We need. You know, the, I've got a mate, Chris. So you, you probably met a couple of times, Chris Ward, and he's, he's. I think he's about twenty-five now, twenty-six. So there's that age group who've just never, never seen, seen never seen that kind of those. I mean, we have. You know, the eighties and you know ninety-five. You know, the FA Cup. You know, and we, we. You know, we forget we've had what three, four semi-finals and been so close. Yeah. When Chris yeah. came to Wembley this year, he was. I mean, we all were absolutely devastated. As was my little boy, he was eight, but they brushed themselves down and get over it. He was absolutely devastated because it was yet again so close. His chance to maybe just see so us. Yeah. close, just so close. And so I think now there's a. I think there's a need for us to push yeah. it forward. That's why I don't like you know team changes for cup games. I, I totally understand that you've got people on 50 grand a week, you've got to play them, I, I understand all that. But if it ain't broke, I always think don't fix yeah. it. But I think last season was the weirdest season in, in living memory, not just because... Leicester won the league. Yeah. Not just because Villa went down, you know, Chelsea had a shit time, United didn't yeah. have a great league yeah. form, they won the FA Cup, you know. We had injuries coming out of our arse. Yeah. It was just a wonky, weird time. And so I don't think many managers would have survived that period anyway, regardless. Yeah. And so it seemed for me it looks pretty good. It's early days. I think we should be sitting, you know, fourth or fifth quite comfortably now and I think we've got the players there. But it is early days. We're not we're not known for our patience. Yeah. But that said, it's been a long, long time since a cup, so I think you know we've, we've had to learn our patience. And I think people, I, I think there seems to be a team that's building there now. I think we're a couple short, but we actually forget how long it is. I mean, that uh, Roy Keane spat this week where he had the that little, was weird, where he had the little dig about uh, you know maybe there should be a more robust football club. You know how long is this? They've won a trophy. The predictable response, which admittedly I pinged out as well, he should know he was on the receiving end. Yeah, but exactly. That was, was that. 21 years ago, mm. and again, yeah, my, my son's 21. And uh, he's never even known anything approaching success, and it's quite scary when you realise. You know, well, all that stuff about you know uh, last. I mean, no, uh, one of my favourite away grounds is Southampton, both the old ground and the new ground. I've always liked going down there. I've got yeah. mates down there. It's a good trip and going yeah, in a couple of weeks. And um, all that stuff that you know, uh, Motson was talking about. You know, are Southampton a bigger club than Everton? And you know, I remember yeah. sending you all these. I, yeah. I was, it was driving me mad because you know, just because they finished, they finished above us once yeah. in their entire history. You know, uh, you, you, you kind of go, well, we forget the size of the club, but also I, f I think you, you, you do forget it is different with Everton. We don't know what it is, but you know, 
it, you know, I was never a huge fan of the mantle of the Beatles the People's mm -hmm. Club because I was like, no, we're not. We're, Ever we're Evertonians Club, you know, and it is different and it is grassroots. I think it's great what's happening with the Academy and all that. Um, and so this new era of superstar management, mm -hmm. new ground, it is odd for us. It's, yeah. odd. it's odd, but we ha if, yeah. and this is why I think the bills of the world are essential because they're the bridge, you know, because of the old and the new, and that's what Everton really need to push forward. Yeah. Now, you know, I think it's very important to try and, and retain. on the pitch as well. That's why yeah. you, you know you won't see players like Southall now. You won't yeah. see play You'll never see. You'll never see uh, an Osman. Yeah. You, you'll never see a, a, a Hibbert again. You know no. that longevity just won't. It's just the way the game is played. But I think we've always we've always shone, and we've always you know when we've mixed mixed the two up. Yeah. You've got to retain some kind of traditional core. That's so important that you know, even like Manchester City, you know, a lot of their fans bemoan the fact that you know they seem to have lost yeah. a little bit of that. You know, so we had, but you know, Manchester City. Um, I mean, I went, both, I went to both semi-finals. Uh, well, I think they were in January or February this yeah. year. They, I think they were in January, and you know, obviously we were robbed for the second one. It was appalling. Uh, but that wasn't full. No, it wasn't a sellout. Yeah, it wasn't full that night. Messi was at was at City last week. A week before was it last week? Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't sold out. I mean, why aren't they giving them to hospitals and communities? Yeah. I have no idea. So, you know, this kind of the city and Everton always had that kind of, you know, you know, kind of understanding in the shadow and all that stuff. But I think that's totally gone from city, and yeah. the whole the whole vibe of going to the city has got has changed. Listen, I'm not being if that if it happened to Everton, you wouldn't kick it out of bed, no, would of you? you know? yeah. But I think it could happen to Everton. But we have to keep it. We yeah. have to keep who we are. I think we just have to keep. I think you're right. I think it's interesting that Kuman might have been an appointment that is, as you say, the, the, the days of superstar managers. David Moyes spent ten years, eleven years at Everton. I, I think it's clear Kuman doesn't intend on spending that long, and the, the payoff we all we all sort of tacitly accept well, is if he takes us with him yeah. and gets us into the top four or brings some silverware, then we'll wish him well when he moves on. But it's interesting that past well, you know, when Martinez days, came. We, we thought we had a superstar manager. Everyone was talking about he's going to be. We'll be. We'll, we'll yeah. be fighting to keep him from Barcelona. Yes, know, and, and yeah, how things like, change. Like you. You know, so, uh, like <laughs> well, him. it was very early <laughs> on. It was, yeah, he was. You know, well, you know, I, I, I don't recall the frame for the Barcelona yeah. job. He was. Yeah. You know, for, for about a week. <laughs> no, but no, the, the, we had massive, massive hopes for it. I think yeah. with with Kuman, I mean, there's, there's there's a there's a calmness in them, isn't he? And I think he says uh, his interviews are a lot more believable, oh, a lot yeah. more kind of acceptable, and you know, <laughs> he's, he's bluntly honest. And we had that discussion this week uh, you know, with these uh, comments about Romelu Lukaku, where he says if he doesn't, if he's still at Everton at the end of his career, you know, clearly he hasn't fulfilled his potential. I mean, I, along with Greg, believe an Everton manager shouldn't be saying that because no individual is bigger than Everton Football Club. Yeah. But you know, Phil put up an equally you know robust defence as to why he should, because you know he's absolutely honest and sincere, and he's not going to be you know. Full of all the kind of uh, you know phenomenal over exaggeration that we got used to under his predecessor, so I can accept both points. But you know, for me, you know, Everson still has the potential to be absolutely enormous. It's still one of the you know very very big clubs in English football, and so you know the sky is the limit. It shouldn't really be you know so. It goes back to what we were saying it. about the 21 years and you know the, the the hope and the need and the you know the the expectation which happens at every August before you yeah. know, and obviously and it did look August and in September did look really exciting. You know, and then suddenly it's yeah. like, oh shit. Okay, then it's that, that's why <laughs> reality think, begins to you know, bite. Uh, West Ham was really important. You know, I mean, yeah. last season West Ham was probably the start of the, you know, the beginning of the end for Martinez. Sure. Oh, so, 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 so let's yeah. hope that yeah. this West Ham game yeah. was, um, you know, the beginning of a whole new. I don't know. I mean, I think there'll be changes. I think, um, I think, you know, obviously transfer window. I don't know anything about how you buy players, and it just seems to be, uh, you know, I've got an agent. But you know they don't have that control over me. Over yeah. me, you know we have yeah. a really good relationship, and I don't. I don't I, we have to accept it, don't we? You know I'm not 
you know, players are on it, loads, loads of money. It's expensive to go to the game. That's the way it is, you know. But just, we just as long as the support, I don't mind. You know, my thing about the ground, and I've been criticised about it before. You know, I can't imagine us ever not playing at Goodison Park. Yeah. Of course. You know, I, mean, I remember when the, you know, the, the Wimbledon game when the park end was yeah. not. It was just weird. It was just, you know. Are they going to change this? Are they going to change that? I can't imagine it. It was very disconcerting that time, wasn't it, when there was no parking? It, it was weird, yeah. but equally, I still think the noise generated that day is like was as intense as maybe even the Bayern Munich night. Yeah. It was just but it's got, it was but primeval I think now, noise I think, that day. It was uh, perhaps more than ever. You know, we know it's kind of going to happen. It seems to, it, you know, it's, and it's going to be a sad day and a weird day yeah. when, when it happens or when it's announced. And you know, and I, I, for me, it has to happen. To you know, if we, if we do want to move with the times, yeah. But you know, it doesn't really matter where you live. You always love your children. Yeah. You know, and that and that's the way. You know, Everton fans, wherever we go. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're Everton fans, and all right, we're going to miss our old house. We're going to miss the warmth of our kitchen. We're going to miss the the roaring fire of hope. Yeah. You know, but the kids who've been brought up there need to move out. I think we'll be able to handle that shift as well so much more if it is on the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey, you know, for the old phrase. You know, it has to be there. Yeah. I think it's very very important that Everton get that site. And you know, get it there and live you know, I agree. The, yeah. within sight of the city centre. Uh, you know, what's been the? Well, I've, you know, I've been on the road. I've, I, I wasn't even aware about the viewing of all that. What's been the? What's been the fans' feeling about that? Is it? So, the, I mean, I think the fans are, you know, almost exclusively to a man behind the Bramley Moor site. I think they it reminds them of a glimmer of the King's Dock, mm. and um, in a way, it'd be a nice way for certainly Bill to kind of come full circle. You know, for him to, not only to be able to move us to move grounds but to move as Preno says the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey uh, especially when you know with the best will in the world the alternative is a site uh, on Stonebridge Cross in Croxter which I understand uh, logistically at the moment t- ticks a lot more boxes and it might be more deli- I hate the phrase but deliverable uh, yeah. financially and what have you but strikes me if, if we were to explore that further it would be smacks of short termism not the sort of ambition that we're hoping that mm. the club has now because to get that waterfront stadium, to get a top architect to come in and almost glue us on to the most like one of the most iconic exactly. skyline, yeah. you know, skylines yeah. in, in the world would be, and it would just be I was fantastic. watching Coast last night uh, on Catch Up, and again, they were talking about it being like one of the world's three most recognisable skylines, like New York, Hong yeah. Kong, and then Liverpool. And imagine and Everton Stadium bolted onto yeah. it, yeah. And of course, else, yeah. Peel want to ex- extend yeah. the city's footprint right along that, yeah. that, that end so for us to be in it. And I know it's that's you know all very sentimental. And there's some hard-nosed business negotiation that need to be done, probably with Peel, I would presume, over a price for the land. Because I think, from my understanding, Everton have to buy the land, and then they face the kind of not inconsiderable bill of building a stadium there. Mm-hmm. So it's not as straightforward as you know if it was Stonebridge Cross, they could probably get the land for nothing from the council who would would want to help us the way they've helped Liverpool. Uh, we've got an Evertonian mayor who wants to do the best for both clubs. What was quite interesting, that interview with Farhad Mashuda gave to talk about earlier this week was where he actually talked about the, uh, the new stadium you know, development and the difficulties now in trying to yeah. build Everton in, as a result of the constraints of financial yeah. fair play. He said you can only spend like seven million more than you're actually generating, you know, every right. year. With that didn't exist in Manchester City, we're spending money like water. But he says you can overcome that to a degree by building a new stadium and by generating more income from the stadium. And so it's good to hear that there is an actual strategy in place, you know, an actual plan, yeah. you know, to try and you know, so turn Everton into you know a much bigger football club. And it's quite reassuring to hear that. Well, I think you said that you, know, the, you said. Ambition now, I think the ambition's always been there, but whatever the need, whatever the desire of ambition for the club is, it always has to start on the pitch. 
always has to start with you know some kind of success yeah. and some kind of pushing forward. It's different now because you know conglomerates and uh, you know businessmen from far off countries can buy a club and then just pick them up and move them and all that stuff. And Everton have got to keep, will always keep their grassroots, will always keep that kind of link with the people. It, it just has to, otherwise it won't be Everton anymore. It's interesting you mention on the pitch because, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's not even been a decision on, on the site finally yet, mm. but would fans ac- accept you know, the chance that things on the pitch might kind of plateau or stall a bit while you know, Arsenal had it to an extent when they moved to the Emirates. You know? Yeah, well, you, they can't, your honeymoon period, you're moving house, yeah, it's like when you move house, yeah. everything's topsy-turvy for a yeah, while. I would hope spend, no, I think it would be a feeble excuse because half the season is played away from Goodison anyway. Yeah. So you just have to concentrate on wherever yeah. you're going to be, I think. You know, I, just depend, I mean, I think the difference of building a new stadium is that will be, I guess, will be at Goodison right until the final possible moment. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah good point. Yeah. And then, so are we ready to move? Right now, we can move. You know, that day would just be unthinkable. It'd be strange to find people not wanting to leave the stadium, wouldn't you? They'd be, you know, sort of wandering around like lost souls for so long. I just can't, and I can't imagine seeing, you know, Goodison Road and walking along there and it not being Goodison because yeah. invariably they use the land for something. Yeah. What's your What's but, your uh, favourite? Favourite, not worse. Worse is a different one. Favourite, not wanting to leave the stadium moment. Favourite, not wanting to. You know, the when you just, you just want to, you yeah. just want to stay. I mean, Rooney's goal, Arsenal. You know. It was actually wrote, wrote about that at the time. It was the, the game where nobody wanted to leave. It was like twenty odd minutes after the final whistle, and they're all yeah. still there, bouncing up and down. Oh, I, I don't know. The actual favourite Goodison moments difficult to to quantify because there've been so many. I know mine. Uh, well, you go first while I think the three nil Andy Johnson derby. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're too young. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the one that springs to mind straight yeah. away instinctively. Just because it, it's so rare that it's not we, when they stuck yeah. tails of the unexpected team on the yeah. radio, I'm sure they went it's, up. It's so rare that we get yeah. one over them in that yeah. way, isn't it? And, you know, that was Alan Miser, did that? Yeah, Maybe I shouldn't was. have said that, but yeah. <laughs> that was a great decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Now, there's been lots. I mean, uh, oh, Eamon O'Keefe's goal in the, uh, the FA Cup replay against Good Southampton in, uh, was it, well, oh God, 1979? Because that was a weird one, because um, Southampton were a really good side then, and it was a really tough draw. Being away, drawn in the first game, it was nil nil at full time. And uh, after extra time, they used to open the gates to let all the people yeah. leave early. And all the urchins off the streets would all pile in and increase the attendance even more. <laughs> it was rammed as it was that night. There were 50-odd thousand in there. And it became so uncomfortable. What year was that? What year was it? 1979, maybe 1980. And O'Keefe scored down the Gladys Street end uh, extra time. And it was just absolute mayhem. What's the phrase? Scenes. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was something else. But uh, I suppose 84, 85, I mean, the last match of that season. So I sat at home. Watching it, yeah, this is this is the the moment. Um, watching football focus as I used to do before I got to the train into Bank Hall, and um, John Watson, whoever it was, says, "And yes, we're here in Gunnison Parks already. I've you know, sold out. All, all the gates are closed." Are you joking? It's only 20 past 12. So I jumped on the train, you know, scooted off down there. Sure enough, every single part of the ground was locked out. And I thought, I can't miss Everton winning the title. You know, I used to, when I was a little boy, pray that you know, Everton <laughs> would win something before I die. And so actually, you know, missed, the missed out on that. <laughs> so um, I remember going around Mace to the, uh, the, the park end where QPR fans were still getting in. And obviously, every other Everton fan had the same idea. So yeah. the worst Cockney accent you've ever heard in your life being put on. Because the police were interviewing everyone going, and where are you from? And I put on this awful, I mean, Andy could have obviously done it just like that, but I had to try and put on this fake Cockney accent saying I was from Shepherd's Bush, and I got away with it. I got in. <laughs> My mate, John Coyle, didn't. He got dragged out the queue. But I got in, got into the ground, and the first thing he did, he surrounded by QPR fans, okay. went straight to the front, spoke to the old bill, and said, look, sorry, but I'm in the wrong section here. Could I get across? And he just raised his eyebrows, let me across into the section, because we were all, let me have fenced in back then. 
and uh, we were in the end where Derek Manfield scored the first goal. Yeah. So it was, it was just such a, a great day and a great moment and having like waited so long. Uh, it's not a story, isn't it? The, yeah. the wheelchairs at the Wimbledon game. Because uh, you know people couldn't get their tickets and yeah. all that, and so there's, suddenly there was a load more people that sitting in wheelchairs than ever before in the history of Goodison. <laughs> and when all, when all scored, they well, seemed miraculously. It. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle of football. Yeah, yeah. I always go back to that one though. I always go back to that Wimbledon. One. Yeah, I know it's a cliche now. It's obvious, no, it, not at all. It's you know, but there are, there are there are little ones. It's like when you you know games that you go with your family or you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. So it's always back you know from a in my. Early, you know, when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you know, those kind of periods, you know, because I was born in seventy, so you can do the maths. Yeah. Obviously, it turned, yeah. you know, I was yeah. went just at the right time for yeah. me, just going into because there was, you know, there was quite a few Everton fans, but even then, we hadn't. There's nothing that happened for so yeah. long, you know. And I was there the night with the, you know, Kendall um, petition. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, uh, I mean that's just surreal. I mean, even even that. I mean, being with Howard in his last game. Walking into his seat, yeah. uh, you know, we talked about it. It went in the papers, yeah. you know, after he died, and you know, Howard was abs- absolute god to me, an absolute hero to everybody. You know, yeah. we had this boat. I told you about it. You yeah. know, we, we had this boat, uh, which was basically a, uh, a shallow abandoned canal in Tarleton. We called it Ladneck. Me and my friend Jason Aspinall uh, uh, called it Ladneck, which is Kendall backwards. <laughs> you know, and we painted it up and did it up. We went down a few weeks later and yeah. it's gone. Yeah. They probably put it back on the water. So, you know, thanks very much, lads. Yeah, nice one for that. You tied up about, yeah. you know, and then so, cut to, you know, twenty odd years later, thirty years later, um, I'm walking Howard to a seat at a derby. Yeah. Which I pointed out to you was you know his last, you know his last game again was a derby, and I was in this bit, and there was four managers there. Uh, there was Joe Royal, Colin Harvey, Howard Kendall, and David Unsworth. Yeah. You know, all all um, all you know. Manager in some in some guys, and then uh, Howard is a little bit wobbly on his feet that day, <laughs> and uh, there's I don't think we can talk about number nine, can't we? It's quite known. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, Isaac was with me, yeah, and he said, uh, "Are you coming across number nine? And I took him to his seat. I was sitting just to, to the right of him, and I said, "No, I've not got Isaac with me, but I'll see you uh, next Saturday, or the Saturday yeah. after, which was the United game." Which of course you know yeah. wasn't meant to be. So so you know without getting sentimental, imagine it was like for me just coming from the you know one minute or one year and painting his name on a piece of wood and then you know and, and spending time with him just before you know it's 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 surreal and that's because yeah. uh, you know that's because of my job which is bizarre. But, um, and he was a big fan of was it cardiac arrest or no, the bill the bill that was it because when he had a few drinks yeah, he used to Neil. actually use his character's name yeah. <laughs> did he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. call, call me Neil yeah. Neil Neil yeah. <laughs> but I had, for the Everton I thought you'd answer to him though uh, <laughs> yeah well, well, I had some great nights with him I mean uh, I just remember being there one night again I don't know we should talk about this we, it was after and I can't remember it was against it was it was a night match uh, about two years ago anyway we went number nine I was with my mate and that, uh, Howard, you know, bless his heart, he had a few rosés, yeah. as, as was his one, and he picked the seat up, just put it in the middle, right, go on, I'm an open book, I'm an open book, you can ask me anything, ask me anything, and we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> you know, it, it was just amazing, I mean, I love all that stuff, I love all that He stuff. loved holding court, I mean, he, he yeah. loved, you know, people, and he loved conversation, yeah. and he loved talking football, and uh, he's one of the most gregarious football managers you know, ever oh, uh, met. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pre-season tours was something else. I mean, Colin Harvey used to, we'd have to have dinner 
And then, you know, Colin obviously would have dinner with the coaches and that. And then you'd spot the press in the corner of the room because back in the days we'd share the same room as the, uh, as, as the players and the staff. And Colin would like wave us over. I wonder if the lads would like a drink, knowing exactly what he was doing because Colin liked to get to bed nice and early. So we'd all plunk ourselves down. He'd slide off and go up to his room yeah. and get a good night's sleep. And we'd be left there holding court with Howard. And, you know, obviously he was always last man standing because yeah. no one could live with Howard. I, I bet just, he would have loved to have watched you as Clough. You know, your psychic, I was just about to say that he didn't know. He was, I think I mentioned to you we were negotiating. I'd been asked to do it. Yeah. I spoke to Unzi about it. And... Uh, because I, I, there was a few stories, you know, about him and, yeah, and yeah. him and uh, uh, Clough, but no, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, can, I miss him. I saw Lil last week at the yeah. game, and it's just weird that he's not there. It is weird. I, I, I miss him too. Yeah. yeah, he was brilliant columnist as well for us. It, it was an absolute joy to do, wasn't it? You, I inherited it from from Dominic. You, yeah. you, Dominic from you and then Phil did his column and it was just a joy to speak to him on a weekly basis. And well, he spent all week making notes, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, for it, which the real boy. Oh, ridiculous. And if you hadn't called him by you in your half past eight on a Thursday morning, he'd be ringing you. Where are you, lad? Got things to do. Where are you? Come on, I've got one of the things. in Formby Village. Exactly, yeah. You know, he was. He was uh, absolutely, Aaron, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> meticulous about it. Know, yeah. But great stories. Yeah. You know, so absolutely loads. That was a very surreal day, though. That was a very surreal day. It was, it was awful. But, you know, we talk about the, you know, I remember when we, we did a piece for, for this, for the Echo about, you know, two two of the biggest giants in the history of the club, Dick City and Howard Kendall, both their last games were derbies. That game, yeah, in, in the Goodison main stand. It's, it's almost like it was Set, meant to be, isn't it? Feet yeah. away from where they, yeah. you know. You mentioned... I was there at that game as well, Dick City. That, that was the horrible derby match, wasn't it, where uh, Jeff Nulty's uh, career was ended. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a brutal game, that one. You mentioned Unzi there, obviously, someone you're both close to. He's doing really well with the 23s, isn't yeah. he? I suspect you know, he's going to play a part. He went for the manager's job in the summer. It didn't quite come off. Possibly needs... Well, I mean, what, what do you think he does? Do you think he has to go away and manage another club like Alan Stubbs has done? Or does he stay at Goodison by this time? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Well, you need to ask him. But yeah. um, uh, I think there's... We were talking about the bridges... And connections and grassroots and history and you know we're always we have to steam on and move forward and all that. But I think it's really important to have the people who know the club and know the fans, know mm. the way the players work, know the academy, the importance of the academy. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, if you if you added up how much the academy has earned, inverted mm. commas, the club, it must be hundreds of millions of pounds. You know, so, I'll say, yeah. so the, yeah. the behind the scenes is absolutely essential. I'd hate to see David Unsworth leave. But if it was going to, you know, give him a chance of the Holy Grail, then maybe who knows. I, I think he would stand a better chance of getting that ultimate job if he went away and he was a success elsewhere. But I don't think he'll ever want to do that. I think he loves the club so much. He never wanted to leave as a player. No. He was he was basically forced out of the football club, and uh, was thrilled to come back. Uh, thrilled to come back in his coaching capacity, and just loves the place and understands it. Like you say, that's important. He does understands the place inside out. Yeah. I don't know if it, you know. Obviously, we're all thrilled to have someone with the profile of Ronald Koeman and. Undoubtedly, the right man to take the club forward, but just for one afternoon, it wasn't it great? Oh, Unzi and Royal charge. Yeah, it's not great, yeah. One of the proudest days. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, just amazing to be there as well with him. What Lou, Lou was there. And yeah, Lou was there, and you know, absolutely brilliant. You know, and there's that daunting. Pro, you know, that what's that stats? No, ever, no Everton manager has ever won silverware unless they've been a former player. <laughs> right. So let's hope that. <laughs>
tradition is, <laughs> is stopped now. <laughs> very, very soon. It needs soon, to end, you know, actually. Yeah, it it well, it nearly end. did, and that was heartbreaking. You know, yeah. that was heartbreaking. You can look at the, 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 you know, the two finals, well, the final and the two semis, yeah. with Moyes very differently. You know, the, the atmosphere. It was a weird day. There was just this cloud over, over us going. To, it didn't feel like we were going in to. Two thousand nine. No, no, this year. Oh, this, last year. Well, just, yeah, just, it, was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible, and it shouldn't have been. You know. I mean, you can look at you know the derby, you know, the the cup, the Liverpool match. You know, said, yeah, yeah. Match, well uh, done. You know, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, can you blame? Do you, you don't blame Coleman. You can't blame Distan. You, you know, for those mistakes. You know, you can you can you blame Moyes for the substitutions for playing gay on the. You know, yeah. who knows? It's all hindsight. But yeah, I do really. I think mm. the substitutions probably cost might have cost us the game. I don't know. Yeah. But it didn't feel like this. It didn't feel like going to Wembley this year. You know, didn't. That, that was a that was a very very. It got picked up and we got there. Yeah. You know, when we when Chelsea beat us, you know, we we left the ground. At, we were playing football outside in the fountains till nine o'clock. Yeah. You know, we, we felt we thought you'd won. Yeah. We felt like we'd won. You know, so we we need we need that. We I, I mean, I, you know, total hypocrite when it comes to the semi finals at Wembley because it was great when they were at yeah. Road. It was great when they were at Villa Park or wherever it was. It's all changed now. Now. When Wembley is so rare, I think yeah. it's great that the semis. Are no, I know. <laughs> it, it, it's an event and it's an occasion. Yeah. And when, when you win, I mean that one against Manchester United, the atmosphere was oh, nice. it sublime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they actually play Z cars, don't they? As soon as uh, yeah, the right, winning so penalty yeah, went yeah. in, yeah. and it was it becomes like so much more of an occasion than even like the the Villa Park Ellen Road ones were. I just remember to that against Chelsea in two thousand nine. It, it's probably partisan blinkers, but walking out uh, with Tony Scott, who's a regular podcaster. Um, and just looking at the Chelsea fans, it just didn't seem to mean all that much to them. Yeah, they were happy, and yeah. but you could, you know, it was clear had the score been the other way around, it would have been a different level of joy and. and, and Purely because of the time since Everton have been able to celebrate, that's why yeah. because Chelsea fans have celebrated so many times recently, and you do become a little bit blasé about it after all. Because fortunately, I'm old enough to remember Everton winning lots of trophies in quick succession, yeah. Yeah, and you do become a little bit blasé. Another I mean, cup. <laughs> well, possibly, you know, great one of my great regrets. I never went to Rotterdam. Uh, couldn't afford it at the time. Uh, it, it wasn't working. And I remember just thinking, you know, now nah, there'll be another one, there'll be another one. And yeah, obviously, that's we, the thing, yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, so yeah. subsequent to that. And, you know, I've been in the European final since. I went to Rotterdam uh, in a couple of years ago when we went yeah. to Europe. Then. I went against Feyenoord, yeah, that, in the, yeah, that, yeah, that was an interesting yeah. uh, Oh, it was great, because that, that, that was yeah. a Bergen. Brand Bergen, oh, yeah, and, and, and the old uh, We just went for this tiny little, and we went the day before with my mate. Yeah. We just watched this matchstick, spot the ugly girl, town, turn... Blue, uh, yeah. and we won. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a fantastic time now. But you know, European I, games are just oh, magical. I, I did Reykjavik. That was one of my first uh, when I was in you know, won the cup in '95, and uh, in really good place Reykjavik. But you know, the most memorable aspect of the entire trip, walking past a restaurant and seeing a picture on a blackboard of a puffin, and someone saying no. They don't eat puffins here, so we had to go in. I'm sure you know a dozen of us. We all ordered a puffin. One person for How instance. How could you? It's well, when in Rome, it was the Romans. Was nice. No, it was dreadful. I did one person finished. If you've eaten pigeon, it's like a much, much richer version of pigeon. Richer, oh, than pigeon. really powerful taste. So if you're ever in Iceland, now don't die. I think I think the 09 semi final that's got to be one of the hardest, hardest days as an Evertonian. Yeah. final the, uh, the, uh, the semi final against that was just oh that was a long way back to just stand back past having led at half time oh 2012 yeah. horrific yeah. absolutely horrific yeah. I remember Sylvan to his credit after the game he, he went round he was going round he did all yeah. the media yeah. all uh, and obviously I was there for, for the echo so you still obviously 
you can't hide the fact that you're an Evertonian. You want desperately want them to win, but you're trying to think professionally as well. Um, but remember him doing that in the in the mix zone, as they call it, and going to every media outlet. And uh, he was genuinely was distraught. Yeah, I think Coleman put a tweet out. I remember him saying it, he put a tweet out minutes after the game, saying it was. I think he said it was a bad decision to go in like that against. Um, is it Gerard? He went in against. I can't remember. Gerard took the free Gerard, kick yeah, afterwards. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. But it, it wasn't so much that. Someone's got to win. But it, it was just that you thought maybe, you know, because it, it, the world stage at the time we were looking for, you know, obviously we were looking for investment. Silverware was close. We had a team that could do it. We could hold off. We scored too early against Chelsea. But, um, yeah, that, that's a, that was a dark one. That was a dark one. Regardless against it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that it was against them as well. No. Speaking of dark ones, I don't like to dwell on it too much, but last season at Anfield... If I could have a Men in Black style laser pen to expunge in one night from my memory, that's got to be up there. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd not missed a derby since 1992, so 20-odd years, and it was a long, long, long since pre-arranged uh, trip to Berlin with my son, and you know, oh, obviously yeah. couldn't change it. So the first derby I missed in 20-odd years yeah. was that box clever there, didn't what it? What a great game to miss. I watched it in a bar, actually, uh, while we were over there, and it was ideal. You know, one just of my favourite, bizarrely, because you know, don't, you don't go there unless you really have to. Um, <laughs> the uh, um, uh, the Canchelsis derby was one of my favourite. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting oh, surrounded yeah. by you know uh, Reds. Yeah, you know, and uh, that was that was a great derby. I've, still got, I've still got a picture of that actually. Joe, Joe played his tactical masterstroke that day. No one expected him to go with Limpar and Canchelsis, the two wide players, mm-hmm. and he did, and it completely bamboozled Liverpool. And yeah, it was a it was a well deserved win that afternoon. When we was doing Clough, we went back to. I've been to Ellen Road quite a few times. Uh, over the years, you know, when we played there, and we had a pre-season there. I think the season before last, no, it was last season. We had a pre-season. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And so they were saying about, you know, um, what memories have you got of Ellen Road? Oh, uh, the so best. Mate, my memory of Ellen Road <laughs> yeah. is not against Leeds United. Yeah. Is against Tottenham. Up, so <laughs> that's when we, we we won the FA Cup that day. Yeah. But nothing, nothing. Three, three sides missed, of the uh, ground. Three sides of the ground. Dream final, lads. <laughs> that was yeah, Joe. Yeah. The national press got really wound up about that, but you know. What? Uh, because the, everyone had been oh, something t- going for Everton. Every, every, oh, yeah, everybody had been tipping, surprise. you know, a United Spurs final. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, who's the guy that Neil Harmon worked for the Daily Mail? And he'd looked in his crystal ball that morning and said, "I've never been more sure of seeing a Manchester United Tottenham final." So after the fourth goal had gone in, Phil McNulty won't mind me saying this. Works for the BBC now. Was shouting down the air, the press room to send closed this air and wrote, "Neil, Neil." How's your crystal ball looking now, mate? <laughs> not very professional, not very professional. <laughs> so anyway, after the game, uh, we're doing the press conference, and uh, Joe Royal comes in beaming from ear to yeah. ear, and he goes, "Well, lads, sorry about your dream final, but bollocks to you." And that's with a double L. <laughs> and again, oh, you shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't be saying that. But the locals loved it. Best you know, substitution he never made. Exactly. Again, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Daniel Amakachi, you're basically you know talking his way off. Now, uh, budding manager in Finland. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Is that right? Surprises me that because Daniel was always a little bit uh, a bit flaky, should we say? You never actually all the all the reunion dinners and stuff that I mean I've hosted a lot of them over the years and they're great and you know the the less formal they are the better they are usually you know Um, but one person was always missing um, was Rideout and then I remember I was seeing I was seeing Joe at a game we were doing a press thing we were doing something similar something similar to this and it was coming up to the anniversary and uh, last year and. uh, uh, I, I, and he said no one's heard from him he's kind of went off the radar mm. now, obviously he's back on the radar well, he's, yeah, he's, well he's, he's, he's on Twitter via his son he doesn't do it himself his son does but it he wasn't and his come wife does the ground. it oh did he uh, well, he's lived in the States now did which is why he's obviously yeah. Yeah. Was that, like, that was part of the so he turned up for the celebrations right? because yes. he could live off that you know? oh well absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's been coaching in the States, States hasn't he yeah. yeah. 
Well, he has a life out there. I think he's in Phoenix. I'm he's not, not far from, <coughs> from Dr. France. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Um, but no, I think uh, yeah, those dinners are, are brilliant and these events are part of our, our heritage. But like you say, to you know, reinforce the theme, wouldn't it be nice if we could have a 2016, you know, hmm. in 10 years' time, reunion dinner or a 2017 dinner? It's just... It's going to have, have to be the FA Cup, isn't it? So, you well, know, it is this year, and I was, I was yeah. gutted about that. I was yeah. really it's so that, frustrating yeah. with the League Cup. You know, you look at it, we made eight changes... And I, you know, we talked before. I get, I guess, I get why they have to do that. You, you've got a squad of players, yeah. and you have to play them. But you know, that early on in the season, when you're just sealing, and you know, things are coming together, and you know, we're playing, we're scoring on the break. We're scoring on the break. Yeah. You know, yeah. amazing. We're scoring on the break again. It's fantastic. You know, so and keeping clean sheets. Okay, keeping. Okay. Yeah. We have to promise to come in when we uh, get to the final in, in May. Then, when we're going to Wembley again, you'll have to come and do a pre-Wembley pod with us. Well, I'll, I'll do whenever you want. I'll, I'll waffle on. I'll just try and watch my language a bit more. <laughs> and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm sure you've all enjoyed it as much as we have recording it. And we'll be back next week.